Support for Short Stops is presented by the Kalem Trading Institute. Check out our website at www.kalaminstitute.com. On today's episode... Okay, so uh, when you watch the video of uh, Duterte in YouTube... You'd be afraid. You're afraid. And I think that people are definitely pricing in a worst-case scenario of maybe some sort of bankruptcy or I mean, significant losses from, from that issue. And I think that every time... People, random people message me on Facebook about it. That's my, that's my indicator that something's di- perhaps priced in already. Billy Bossy or random people? Ah. <laughs> I mean, you my random friends that never message you. Right? Okay, okay. Asking about what's wrong with this, uh, this company. Over 50 technical stock indicators. A little less than 300 companies listed in the Philippine Stock Exchange. Multiple ways to risk your money trading, while hundreds of emotions are passing through you as you watch prices move in the market. But we're not focusing on all of them. We're just here to talk about the ones that matter. You asked for it, so we're going to give it to you. This is Short Stops Season 2. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, Happy New Year. Happy 2020. This year has been extremely challenging. and In fact, in the last month, we've had crisis all over the world, including the Philippines. You have your water concessionaires, you have Iran-Iraq war, um, you have Australia and the bushfires. I think there's so many events that are happening geopolitically and all over the world that has some profound impact towards the local environment. We recently published the best and worst trades of 2019, and despite the market eking out a positive year, you'd probably remember it more for the bad. So with us today is one of the content writers and our Caleb mentor, Jason Mariposa, to talk about all these events that have happened recently and the impact towards the financial markets. So Jason, welcome back to the show. Glad to be here. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the best and worst trades. Uh, it's the first year that there were more worst trades than best trades. So I, yeah, I guess that tells you what kind of year we, we had in the market. <laughs> I, I always tell people you take the good with the bad, right? So maybe we can start off by trying to describe what's happening outside, especially this week from what's happening on the Middle East tensions and the USA. What's your thoughts on this before we go through the financial markets perspective? Uh, I think that whoever is timing all these news and events, they're very good market timers. <laughs> they released, they bombed Iran when the market went up 30%. I mean, the US went up 30%, then they have this kind of news. And then the market's at all-time <laughs> highs, overbought, and then you have a situation like this happening. I think it's perfect timing, and basically you're going to get a huge reaction out of this. But is it really something to be scared of? I think historically, like most of these uh, geopolitical events are what they call uh, event-driven uh, risks in the market. And most of them have been very fleeting. I think I have data here that I think in the past uh, 50 years, I think you had one, two, three, four, uh, around nine, nine major crises in the Middle East. And I think seven of them recovered right away. So what usually happens is that leading up to the, the war, the market sell, sells off. But when the war erupts, the market recovers already. If you look at history, you'd find out that in the next three to six months, the market's already recovered almost all of the losses. So the last time that the market took a lot of time to recover was in 1973, in the Arab oil embargo. They stopped all the shipment of oil into the U.S. So during this time, the U.S. was uh, dependent on 
Saudi Arabia and of course if you stop the flow of oil I mean <laughs> your economy stops right and inflation goes up so we have a kind of stagflation going on so that took a lot of time to to play out I think to to or a few years right okay so in this scenario do you think it's a minor one or a major war that's happening uh so far I think it's it's it looks like it's confined to the Middle East so I don't think it's going to be World War three so I would assume that it's going to be temporary and what you guys have to remember is that uh, presidential elections need to 2020 so you're gonna see a lot of these uh, noise in the market awesome and that's the reason why you're seeing a market like what you said a while ago overbought trading at new highs 30% last year and usually at the top there's more these circumstances are more prone to sell-offs because of expectations being much higher than they were if they have it happened at the bottom if I'm not mistaken yes yes so I mean if everyone's making money it could be any news out there that sets off uh, profit-taking okay all right so going back to the Philippines now markets didn't perform as well and in fact if you look at the breadth of the market in the Philippines last year would probably be more known for the ones that dropped than the ones that actually went up which is your SM and JGS conglomerates right so what's your thoughts on this and do you think that these these events these war events would have a spillover effect towards the Philippines okay so uh, we all know that the Philippines is part of emerging markets right and the way the big players view emerging markets is it's kind of a risk asset for them I mean if stocks are risky then emerging markets are riskier right so if this war affects investor confidence globally of course it's gonna affect the flows into emerging markets if oil spikes, maybe like around 70, uh, as we all know, Philippines is a major oil importer. So it's definitely going to affect the peso. And it could have some effect on uh, the growth, of course, and inflation in the Philippines. Walang patawad sa Pilipinas. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned about event-driven sell-offs and risk. These black swan events or so-called black swan events that happen usually very few times in a market are happening at several instances in the last two months. Do you use these as opportunities? Okay, so with any event, you have to distinguish whether it's something, an event-driven one, where after it's done, it's done already, there's no lasting effect, or whether it has some an effect on fundamentals. Like, for example, what happened in the Philippines, yes, it's also event-driven, but... I mean, it has an effect on fun- the fundamentals of the water concessionaires. Like you mean, may chance magsasara na sala? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so another event that has ha- been happening over the last few months is your water concessionaires, and in fact, both companies yesterday were given a draft of the new contract, and some of these onerous provisions that were indicated, you probably see a resolution in most of them. But one of the bigger concerns is the reduction in corporate income tax, which is 30%, and possibly even a lower rate that could happen going forward. And we actually have no idea what, what the new contract will look like yet. But what's your thoughts on share price? And has the market been able to price most of these events already? I mean, both companies have dropped significantly over the last four months. Manila Water fell from 20 pesos to, what, five? MPI 5 to 250, 260. DMC all the way to as low as 5 pesos also. Okay, so uh, when you watch the video of uh, Duterte in YouTube, 
Matatakot ka eh. <laughs> Matatakot ka talaga eh. Yeah, and I think that people are definitely pricing in a worst case scenario of maybe some sort of bankruptcy or I mean, significant losses from from that issue. And I think that every time people, random people message me on Facebook about it, that's my, that's my indicator that something's perhaps priced in already. Bili boss yun, random people ah. <laughs> I mean, yung mga random friends that never message you. Right? Okay, okay. <laughs> Asking about what's wrong with this uh, this company. You look at it, for example, let's just talk about Manila Water because I feel like it's the most pure play since it's 100% water, right? I mean, book value was trading at 25 cents to a yeah. dollar at its lowest point. Usually, the market's already pricing in bankruptcy at those stages, at those yeah, yeah. levels. At today's price of 10, 11, it's doubled already from the bottom. How do you find a way to participate, or should you not? So, first thing, of course, is you have to identify what what's your plan. Is it from a do you plan to invest or you plan to trade it? So, from a trading standpoint, so this is something that you buy low and sell high. Be very careful not to get stuck with it. As long as you have your proper cut, you should be okay, right? I mean, just plan carefully. Make sure you have a proper entry. You know what your stop loss is in case it something doesn't go through. Understand where your exit is and where you're planning to sell after. First thing, don't turn a trade into an investment, right? Ayun yung problema. So, but from an investor standpoint, let's say like, nandito ka na, bumili ka na. What type of base case scenario should you assume? Okay, so if you're going to be investing in these types of stocks, just be aware that, you know, if, if it's cheap, it's probably cheap for a reason. Like, we all know what happened, right? And number two is that it can remain uh, cheap for a very long time. So that's the consideration that you have to do, uh, take into account, right? I mean, it can take years. Is diversification probably the best way for you to prevent overexposure? The best protection is definitely, I mean, diversifying. I mean, as we've seen, like, Crazy things can happen in the market that nobody can foresee, right? So the only way to protect yourself is by diversifying properly. And having a small allocation, perhaps. So on other events that have happened recently, you had your Pogo scare that happened mid last year. That's why most of your property sector, the ones that are heavily exposed towards online gambling, Chinese online gambling, you saw Megaworld drop from 7 pesos to as low as 390. Phil invests trade as high as two twenty plus. Now it's down to one fifty. What What's your thoughts on this one? From an investing standpoint, it's priced in already. I mean, these stocks have declined by a huge amount, trading at about six times, five times PE with uh, big dividends. But in terms of the uncertainty, I think it's gonna. It's not over yet. So it's still gonna be a headwind in the short term. Yeah, yeah, because. What's, what's this Pogo? These are uh, online gambling operations, right? That the Chinese people go here to set up, right? It's an illegal industry in China. With anything illegal, it can change with a snap of a finger, right? So we don't know when that's going to happen. But last year, we had that warning from the Chinese government that they want the Philippines to clamp down on this industry. So why is it so important? Uh, I mean, there's so, much, so many Chinese here, right? I think it's, the number is around maybe half a, half a million. They brought so much business in the Philippines, so much money in the system is flowing around. And you probably saw a lot of those money flow into property prices. I mean, to purchasing power for condos, right? Pushing up the asset prices, rental prices, benefiting all these property companies. Okay, so what if that disappears one day? What could happen is it could trigger maybe a downturn in the entire property sector. 
So even though the exposure of these companies is uh, maybe below 10 to 20% of their uh, residential sales, it could depress the entire industry. Got it, got it. So that's probably why they're staying cheap for now. And it's also the reason why the stock market already went ahead. It's because they're already putting in these expectations today in the event that if the entire pogo pulls out, then this is what you're going to get. On a positive end, if something does, something happens positively and in a matter of time, I mean, the Philippines is still running at 5-6% GDP. Uh, infrastructure spending is still very healthy. Um, economy is still very healthy. Then time will correct most of these issues. Yes, definitely. I mean, there's a saying, right, that emotions can be take control of the market in the short term, but over time, the market always corrects itself. Because there's so much fear, there's so much political discount now being priced in into the stock market. And that's why you're seeing, we're seeing today a huge discrepancy and uh, more expensive ones. Your SMs, like what we talked about a while ago, your SM, SM Prime, BDO, JGS. And then basically the other 60-70% have depressed valuations, including the Ayala, Boitis, the T family, uh, especially Andrew Tan and so on and so forth, right? Where should people start focusing on? On the more expensive ones that are safe, safer or the ones that are more depressed and have bigger opportunities? I don't, I don't know what kind of upset you're, you're going to get with... JGS, SMS, and Prime Video. So definitely, I think that we should be looking for opportunities down there. But I guess as a, as a warning, right, as you all know, there's a lot of risk also down there. There's always a reason why something is cheap, right? Like the Pogos and the Manila Water and all of those things. So I guess the best approach would be to, as always, know what you're buying. I mean, there's a lot of stocks out there that have been... Uh, this uh, basically destroyed collateral damage because most yeah. of these have been there's a lot of collateral damage in the outside of the big four so definitely we be look we we're going to look for opportunities down there right that maybe is not so vulnerable in this environment if i had to focus also both from a trader and an investor standpoint i'd probably be looking at the ones that have significant opportunity also when it comes to upside there's a, obviously a fire going on brewing with the political discount and a lot of uncertainty, but also that's where your reward will also come from. And like the famous saying is that it's easier to spot a needle when the entire haystack is on fire. And so hopefully opportunities arise, we're ready, and we have to be prepared in the scenario that when things change and change for the better, as traders, you have to be ready, set to deploy. So, in this type of environment, kasi pag bull market, I mean, pagalingan lang tumira, diba? But in times like this, the key is capital preservation. I mean, you can do nothing for like 11 months, but make 50% in one month, right? That's the beauty of trading. But, yeah, in times like this, the hard part is, you know, uh, doing nothing at all. Mm. So, guys, there you have it. We highly suggest you take your time to deploy. Recommended, usually we tell people just trade one or two issues at a time. Keep your exposure less than 30% if you're from a trading standpoint. We think there's still opportunity in the market, but this is the not the right time for you to be putting all your eggs into the equity market. So with that, 
I wish you guys all a happy new year once again and see you to the next episode. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Bye.